Last week we did begin talking about, for those of you who may not have uh, been here, been able to, to listen to this or Wednesday night, you're going to hear about this uh, scripture. I don't even know if we still have Ephesians 6, 12. Derek, I did not ask you to put that down uh, for us this week. But I just want to call to everybody's remembrance the passage uh, in Ephesians that just simply says what we've been uh, living out today already. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. All right? I need an all right today because that spells P-E-O-P-L-E. Okay? You don't wrestle against people. You don't wrestle against vaccinated or unvaccinated people. You don't wrestle against Democrats or Republicans or Independent or Trump or Biden. You don't wrestle against losing money in the stock market. Uh, you don't wrestle against your neighbor running over fresh mums you just planted. All this is flesh and blood. I could go on. That's not where you wrestle. You really don't even wrestle against school friends and everybody in here that's been in school. You know that. Those that are in school right now know about that. But the Bible says, and you have that before you, the battle that we are all in right now is this right here. We are fighting against principalities, against powers. All of this has the devil written all over it. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world right here. And remember, Jesus was told by Satan, I just read this Friday, he said, or yesterday, he said, look, everything in the world has been given to me. And I can give it to whoever I want to give it to. So, part of your battle, a lot of your battle is from the rulers of the darkness of this world. And I'm going to say this, and people won't, dis, won't agree uh, completely with this. Because we're think, we think there's some good everywhere. There's not. But if it's not the blood-bought church of the redeemed, I'm telling you, at some level, in some room, somewhere, it is all operated and orchestrated by the ruler of the darkness of this world right here. You named the organization. You I was an Eagle Scout, but hey, if you trace it far enough, the devil has his hand even in scouting. Yes, he does. And all the scouts said, oh me, even those that will get this later. He's in everything, folks. Don't think he's not because people do noble, charitable things other than the church. The devil is the ruler of the darkness of this world. So if it's in this world and it's not the blood-bought, the people that love Jesus and are the remnant set apart for Jesus, and so that doesn't include everybody that's in a sanctuary today or everybody that says, I'm a Christian. If it's not the people that are on fire for God, that are about the Father's business, Satan is in full control, never be confused about that, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's who you wrestle against. That's who you are fighting. That's who the battle is. And here's the news. I called out names and things earlier, just a moment ago, but really, folks, really, all those are masks that he wears or puppets that he operates. Really is. The Bible makes that clear. And before I even talk about the scripture we're going to look at today or the fact that last week we talked about on the battleground, one of the things that you need on the battleground that you are in, if you say, look, I'm not even really a legitimate Christian. I, I kind of flirt with sin all the time. 
doesn't matter, doesn't matter at all, you were still on a battleground. You were just by, you just walked past when a demon uh, comes by, says, well, I ain't got to worry about him or her or them. They're really a joke to me or us. You're on the battleground, man. I don't care what level you are fighting, you're on the battleground. You're on the battleground, and you can't get off of it. You say, well, I mind my own business. I don't even read the Bible, really, devil. Don't bother me. don't matter. You're on the battleground because in his image, he made you. That's why you're on the battleground. If you are a Christian, you pose a threat on the battleground. Two of the youth I prayed with, I quoted what Jesus quoted to Peter. He said, Peter, he said, the devil desires to sift you as wheat. Doesn't get any finer when you're talking about destroying something than that. That's a real fine powder that can just blow in the air. But Jesus said, I prayed for you. And folks, whether you believe or agree with any part of that scripture, it doesn't remove you or protect you or isolate you from the attacks during spiritual warfare on this battleground. And in the second uh, chapter of 2 Thessalonians, the Bible talks about there's coming a time when the restrainer will, will be taken out of the way. Right now, you would probably be either dead or maimed for life or your children doing unthinkable things or you doing unthinkable things but you don't know how over the course of your life the restrainer has kept him back from completely wiping you out or completely manipulating your child into being something that, oh my goodness, alive, where did I go wrong? You don't know what God has spared you from. I don't care how bad it is. You don't know how bad it would be if God had not had the restrainer in place to let the devil completely do that, even down to the church itself. And that's why the moment we believe the rapture takes place and the restrainer is out of the way, nobody in here can even imagine. I, I, I thought about sex trafficking over the weekend because you saw signs of it and all this kind of thing. You wondered if that's why that person was in what they were in when we were out of town. You can't imagine, folks, what would go on and will go on when the restrainer is out of the way and the Lord just says, well, I'm letting the devil for this period, this seven-year period, he's going to do what he wants to do and he's not going to be stopped. You, you don't know where you would be, folks. And I hope nobody's here to witness that. But if your calling and your election is not sure or you are confused about the battlefield, you may have to say, well, you know I remember that message on spiritual warfare, and God forbid that that happens today. And I want you to know that the Lord knew what would need to take place before he would position his people after the day of Pentecost. See, the Lord knew, and he said, I'm going away, but I'm going so the comforter can come, but he wasn't, and he's not just a comforter. He said, I'm going so he will come because I'm about to birth this thing called the church, which is going to be my body. And before I position the church all over the earth, he said, I'm going to have to give the church power. I'm going to have to prepare the church. And he, I want to just keep it in a three-step uh, model that the Lord did. And I think he's still doing and you all pretty much probably know this. It's in Acts 1 and 8 when he said this. How he prepared the people and what he was going to do before he positioned them all over the earth. He said, but you shall receive power. I started to underline it or get Derek to underline it, but you underline it. I hope I didn't put a D on that underline just then. You underline it. He said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses 
unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the world. Now listen to me, or earth. You need to just try to keep this constrained to these three things today, okay? If you can do that, it's about to break loose in your life next week and all of hell around you. Because we don't look at it. We read this and we go straight to the upper room and when the Spirit was poured out and people were talking in tongues and we either understand it, we don't understand it, we like it or don't. And see, you miss everything. You miss everything that happened before that gift was manifested. So what did he do? We work our way backwards. He's interested in people everywhere knowing about him. He's interested in the gospel being shared to the uttermost part of the world. And folks, that has not changed in 2,000 years. That's what the Lord's will is. That's what God is all about. So we're going to start back over again and get to the end. So... The order is this, and this is what I want you to remember today, the order. What did he say he was going to give? Because he's preparing them. And let me say this, before I got here today, about, well, it was, it was right after 6 o'clock, I was uh, thinking, God, I want the people, or he laid on my heart to ask you to not think of this in terms of hearing a message today, but in terms of you being suited up, ready to go out there. And these are, when I passed by the armory this morning, I noticed cars out there. I know what that means. They're either on training or they're about to be deployed. It doesn't mean anything. They're not there to eat cupcakes and talk about how bad things are. They are there to be briefed and then be deployed. And that's what the Lord is showing us in a spiritual sense. So he said, when you come to church today, what he wants all of us to do is think of in terms of being positioned or being deployed back out here on this battlefield. So what did he do? He said this. He said, but you shall receive power. Not a groaning spirit, not a grumbling spirit, not a, a victim's uh, spirit. I've been victimized. This is why I'm like I am and all that. Not to undermine or minimize anybody's problems or sufferings or past. But he said, you are here and... I want you to get this power. And when you receive this power, you're going to have the Holy Ghost to come upon you. So what? What is it? The Lord said they're going to need power. How are they going to get it? It's through His Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, my Spirit. He said this is what you're going to get. This is what you need. And this is how I'm going to make sure it gets to you, by my spirit. And he said, lastly, he said, why? He was giving it to them, to you. He said, to be witnesses to the end of the earth. Rule number one, as Silas Robertson would say, the battlefield is the mission field. The mission field is the battlefield. Let me break it down quickly. If you go to school, when you go to school tomorrow, you, my friend, brother and sister in the Lord, you're stepping on the mission field. You're stepping on the battlefield. When you go to work, when you clock in, when you arrive at your office, or when you wake up to do your chores at home or start your week off, whatever your life looks like, I'm telling you all, that this Bible makes it so obvious that my step and my breath and my time is being spent in a mission field. And if I don't believe that, it will not remove one moment of the stark reality that the devil himself in a different capacity has deployed demons who can possess people who can oppress people, who can steal, kill, and destroy from people, who can afflict the bodies of people, who can be the author of confusion. I saw a great sign that Angie showed me somebody had posted on social media, a church sign, and I'm not going to remember it all, but it said, 
moral confusion, sexual confusion, and gender confusion. And then the fourth line said, author of confusion. That's not a politically correct sign or statement I just mentioned to you. But the devil, folks, remember, we got to keep all this in perspective of the word today. He's been given the power and the rulership over everything that you know of, the world you function in. He has complete control and he has power and he has authority and he he assigns demons every day. Oh, he's getting scared because it's Halloween. It's scary in here. I'm telling you the truth. You can do what you want to with it. You can leave prepared and get your tail kicked if you want to. But I ain't doing it. If I know he's still willing to give me the power of the Holy Ghost, I can tread on uh, scorpions and serpents. I can still shut the mouths of lions. I can speak and demons flee. You think I'm going to walk out and let him knock me around every day? Or you say something that's going to borderline depress me or upset me or make me want to take my life or me be so indoctrinated with the world's theology through mainstream media and social media that I live my whole life in a bubble that they've created which is from hell and me not fight back? That ain't the Jesus that died on the cross for me and I pray in the name of Jesus it's not the Jesus that you say you have amen amen so the devil is doing his job of releasing them into our lives our workplaces our if I don't know if you heard any of the stuff last week Jimmy Evans you need to go watch if you don't even listen to me preach you need to hear what somebody else says going on in California coming soon to a school system and state to near you. And it is going to happen because I believe the devil has a big penthouse in California somewhere. And then he just works his way eastward. Amen. I believe he's got another one in New York and they just kind of meet in the middle though. I mean, but he's everywhere. And what we've got to understand is God's given us tools He's told us this, and I'm about to go somewhere that's uncomfortable, and I'm going to do it quick. But see, a lot of us were raised, a lot of you probably wasn't. We were raised in, in what was called a Pentecostal church, which is all part of Acts, you know. I try to be mindful of that. I, I, I be, uh, I'm obedient of that when I preach. But a lot of people were not born into a family that attended a, what people call charismatic or holy roller church or Pentecostal. You know, we got all kind of labels and all this kind of stuff. And a lot of people were caught up in emotionalism. Uh, they could read the newspaper better and, and understand it better than they could the Bible. And so I know all of that. I've been down all of those roads. But if you take denominations and people's upbringing completely out of the way, I want all of you to understand this. The Lord knew who was going to be calling the shots in this earth. And he knew that if he did not put a power that was available back to his own blood-bought children, there would, there would not be a match at all that you could handle from hell. And I'm not glorifying Satan. So the Lord knew that the only way that you could not only fight against him in the good fight of faith, but you could actually destroy him. You had to have a power greater than his. It's not right here. It's not right here. It's not right here. It's not right here. It comes from a power that God said you've got to have. And what I was referring to as people that were not raised, a lot of people have been indoctrinated to either say, well, that's not real, or that's not true, or that happened a long time ago and it's not necessary. I can't go into all that again. But I'm telling you, it wasn't so people could go around just to speak in tongues. That's a manifestation like if you go out here and you cut an oven on, it gets hot. Amen? That's what happens. But that's not the only thing it does. If you put a nice 
a nice pan of, of prepared flour and milk and eggs and sugar in there, it also produces a cake. And that's what the Lord knew. He says, I'm giving you my spirit because you are going to run into a ruler of the darkness of this age and this world and you won't fight against him on your own. In fact, I got a scripture there that says, it's uh, what Zechariah, I believe, told Zerubbabel. He said, whoa, it's not by your might. It's not by your power. But the Lord said, it's by my spirit. He was talking of this spirit. This Holy Ghost is Holy Spirit. And a lot of people shun away from it. A lot of people say, well, you, you get the Holy Spirit when you get saved. And I'm going way down this road. God, help me to go quick and get off of it if it's your will. But look, you do. You can't be saved unless the Spirit of God draws you. But there's a difference in the saving spirit of Almighty God and being baptized in the Spirit of God. And that's what a lot of people, they, they fail to realize that. You can go to heaven if you're not baptized in the Spirit of God. I understand that. But you walk around very limited and live, for the most part, a defeated life. When the devil comes in, you like a flood. You don't really get that other part of the verse says, where the standard is raised up because this right here in Acts 1 and 8, that's a standard, brother and sister. God desires to equip the church with his spirit so that when he comes against us, the gates of hell itself will not prevail against us because we're not doing it on our own or with our doctrine or with our theology. We're letting the Spirit of God work through us and Satan hates that church. You got to have this on the battleground. Whether you want it or not, you got to have it if you're going to be any type of a, a, a fighter, if you're going to do it. And let me just show you some things quickly here. Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul quotes this verse. He says, now listen, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, because it is the power of God. This is another how you go about living your daily life scripture. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. What he was saying there. Paul said, you know, I'm not ashamed, man. Now, look, you might be ashamed. I'm not ashamed of, of all things, the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it is the power of God unto salvation. So he knew the more he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, the more he powered in Jesus Christ. The more power he had, because every time he would preach, Somebody was going to be liberated from sin, and from that he experienced the power, and you need to read the previous verse to that. That's why he said, look, I don't care what's going on. I'm going to preach as long as I can. And over in Luke 24, I want you to hear this. Jesus said, and behold, I send the promise. And my question is today, why would you not want something promised to you? I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And then over in Luke's gospel, the 11th chapter, he just simply said, if ye then be an evil, and he's talking to me, and he's talking to you, evil, 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 I'm evil. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, then how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask Him? And I find that it's not that, you know, there's a, there's a limit or the Holy Spirit is one of those cargo ships that's just caught out there in the ocean and He can't get it here. I believe it's just... A reception, receiving what the Lord has made available and people don't want to receive it because, well, they don't feel like they need it or we just try to take medicine to fix our problems or we talk to other people that maybe can talk us off of the, off of the edge of the cliff and, or, or, or we just say it's going to get better or we start doing other things to cope with it. Folks, that's not what you do on the battlefield. The armory again... 
They brief these guys. They go over all kind of reconnaissance missions. They may have already performed, and they know what they need to do, and you know what they don't do. They do not send men and women out to the, the place of deployment and not give them the equipment they need. They give them everything. And do you think for one minute your heavenly father, Abba Father, would say, hey, well, you came to church when the devil bothers you Sunday night or Monday or your children or he does something to uh, somebody close to you, you need to remind him you went to church yesterday. That ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says, look, I've made you a promise that you can still walk in the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. It's all just a matter of seeing you need it and you want it and you ask God for it and you are willing to tarry. You're not going to move. Jacob said, Lord, unless you bless me, I'm not letting go. And he walked with a limp the rest of his life. you got to have that kind of tenacity and say, Lord, I'm not moving because I see what I'm living in. I believe what I'm living in. And I need to have the power of your spirit working in me so the devil will have second thought for he messes with my baby girl or for he afflicts my body again or he tries to outdo me at work and make me feel like I got a cave and I got to do something I'm uncomfortable with or when I feel like I'm alone and I even question your word or is the cross really real? You need the power of the Holy Ghost of God working in your life and all you have to do is quit trying to process it church do I understand it do I believe it do I think people are going to ask me questions about it are people going to make fun of me see you got to quit processing life with your head and you've got to do it with your heart which is where the word is supposed to be hidden David said and when you hide the word of God in your heart you won't sin against God because the word you've hidden is I am walking in the power and authority of the spirit and there is no weapon that's formed against me or my family will prosper or prevail that's what the Bible says that's what God wants the power that I'm talking about is power that Stephen had when he was being stoned. Instead of crying out, wanting to take it to Supreme Court, or saying, oh, I'm a victim of uh, anti-Semitism. I almost couldn't get that word out. I stumbled trying to say it today in a different conversation. Instead of just whining about being the victim, his mind wasn't on his flesh, church. Now, he had huge rocks being thrown at him, hitting him in the skull. And this is what he ended his life on earth saying. He said, Lord, don't lay this charge, this sin, to their account. Don't charge this, these men that's killing me. Don't. He ended his life praying for other people. Why? How could he do that? He could do that because he was baptized in the Spirit of God with 119 other people, and he was able to say what nobody else possibly could say. He was able to pray in the Spirit, to the Spirit, for people not mocking him or making fun of him, but people that were murdering him. And the Bible says when he got that prayer out for people that was killing him, he fell asleep. And I think when he opened his eyes and yawned in glory, God said, wasn't it worth it? Ain't you glad you didn't let somebody talk you out of the upper room that day? Aren't you glad that I gave you the promise, Stephen, so you could walk in my spirit, so you could do something about the devil and all his fiery darts? I believe that's something like he might have said. You can't do it. You can try it. But you're going to have to have not only strength on this battleground, but you're going to have to have the power of God on this battleground. You're going to have to have it, church. 
You can go and you can play this message or look these scriptures up and discuss them with people a lot smarter than me. But if they tell you anything other, then you need the power of God. And this promise is for you. They are a false prophet and they are misled. And they're the reason a lot of people can't fight against the devil because they've never been preached to that the power is still real and it's still available. But I want you to know, I want these sheep in this church to know that the power of God is real You've got to have it if you're going to be some kind of threat to hell and do something about what he's trying to do to us. Would you stand? I want to tell you. I'm, I want to tell you. I want, Derek, we need to read Acts 1 and 8 again. And I want every person in here, I want you to look at this screen. If you can read, I want you to look at this screen. You don't have to shout it out loud. You don't have to say it out loud if you want to. But I want you to say what Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8. And let me just say something, folks. You've got to hear what God is trying to say. And he's been saying since about 1030 in this service today. You didn't show up by mistake today. You didn't, you didn't wobble in this church by mistake. Don't care how you feel or what's been going on or any. You did not make it here to this church this day just because. You made it here because God appointed you to be here this day and he appointed you to hear and receive what he, he, he desperately needs for you to receive. Because, look, Pastor George Ellis, again I quote him. He said, Men, he was talking to us pastors many years ago on a Thursday. He said, brethren, we've got to think about this. We are the, the, the church is the only voice that the Lord God has left on this earth. The church is. It's not a good community organization. It's not another group anywhere. He said, but it's the church. And we cannot take this lightly. We can't do it on our own. And the sooner we grab a hold of that and say, Lord, I don't understand everything. And I'm going to tell you again, you have to get your mind off of the gifts of the Spirit. See, they were never told about word of knowledge and a word of wisdom and the working of miracles, tongues and interpretations of tongues and the gift of prophecy. They were not told about all that. All they were told, look, you're going to have to have this. I'm going away so that you can have this. And he didn't say any other thing. He said power. He said you're going to be endued with power from on high. So get your mind off of the manifestations this morning. Do y'all hear me? I'm pouring my heart out. This is another one of them horse Sundays, but I know what I'm fighting against. I know what you're fighting against. I know what you're living in that you don't want to tell nobody you're living in. I know the thoughts that haunt you and you go to bed with every night. Amen, somebody. And you can't stand it. And I'm not going to hold back and not tell you what you need. A lot of people feel guilty. In this church, you feel guilty this morning. And you don't like it. It happened a long time ago. You didn't ask for it, or maybe you did it. It was at your hands. But God sent you here today because when he fills you with his spirit, it's no longer you walking around in your fleshly mind of condemnation. The Bible says there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, I'm saved, preacher. I know you might be saved, but you've got to be baptized, you see, not just baptized in the water. You've got to be baptized in the Spirit to know that you are saved sometimes because we forget and we slip, don't we, church? You better be honest with the Spirit this morning. We slip. I don't mean you slip in drinking or drugs or maybe even cussing, but this thing right here of mine, it slips almost every single day of my life. 
Somebody, you, you, look, I don't know how much time we have. My mind slips about every day. I have to start praying, and I have to speak those things that are not as though they were. A lot of times, my mind will tell me I had to repent. I told y'all this about two weeks ago. I had to repent. The last classroom on the outside of that school, I was looking for a drill bit. I dropped off, a, off of the top of the roof, putting the camera up, and I knelt down. And I'm telling you, when I knelt down, the Holy Ghost that I'm preaching about convicted me and said, you need to repent over the bitterness you've had toward the church and people not doing right. I wept like I'm crying right now. I said, God, forgive me. You blessed me with that church. See, the Spirit of God will cause you to come clean. That's why I said, there is therefore now no condemnation. When you are not walking in the Spirit, your mind will drift, your body will drift, and then you'll start giving yourself permission to drift in a fleshly sense. And you've got to be aware of that. We are not ignorant of His devices. God sent you here today because He needs you to walk in the power of His Spirit. He needs you to be some of the remnant on the battleground that can walk around and the devil says oh no they are one of those people that actually went to church Sunday morning and they got tired of being tired and again today I know somebody might need salvation and we're going to help you out but right now there's a lot of cars parked at the armory inside of here there's a lot of cars parked outside the armory here. I don't have to talk about the battle. A lot of you walked in here with battle scars and remnants from the battle this week. Amen? So we don't need to glorify the battle. The battle is, and can I just say this? I believe another reason, I believe another reason that we've got to be in the Spirit of God. We've got to be in the power of God because it seems like everything's kind of cool right now, doesn't it? Kind of mellowed out, don't it? You know, the picture is whatever you're told it is. Y'all figured that out by now, right? Hey, answer me. The picture is what you're told it is, right? Yeah, you don't have to like it. I don't care. I didn't come here to be liked. I come here to be righteous. According to the Word of God. The picture is what you're told it is. Tomorrow, the picture can be completely different. And that's what the picture is. So I'm telling you, right now, the picture just looks good, doesn't it? Looks good, almost. Oh, we, we use that word in a while, normal. Almost looks normal. This is pretty good. All I can tell you today is God sent this Word here in this church to me and to you. Because he knows what the picture really is and what it's about to be that, that, that you're going to see. And I don't think you're going to like it. I don't think I'm going to like it. But I want to be in a position where I can do something about it. I want to be in a position. And if that's you, and, and you've heard that about the promise, but, but you've, never, you've never really just asked for it. I want you to find you a place to stand and we're going to declare together, God, I, I am not going powerless no more in my life. All over the place, find you a safe place to stand. We don't want to get sidetracked with any of those things. I want you to find you just a place where you can say, Lord, I'm making a move. You made a move for me. This is serious business. This is serious business. I got a family I love. I've got relatives I love. I've got people that don't even know they're living in sin. They're living in sin. Every time the devil says anything at all to me, it depresses me. I stay locked up for days and I can't hardly talk. That might be you. It might be something else. I live, on, I live in fear not knowing if this is going to happen to my loved one or this is going to happen at work. Or at school, I live like this. See, that can happen as a Christian. 
But what can happen as a Christian, when you're walking around and you are walking and living in the power of God. Now I preach this word, Lord. And I can't do anything else but thank you and praise you, Father. And I do that. Lord, these people came to your house today. They came and you fed us all from more than one writer, Lord. From your word, Lord, you fed us. And God, you know the world that we will step right back into. And Father, because time is so important, Lord, I don't have to ask you to give what you promised because it's a promise, Lord. And if you promised it, that's it, Lord. So every person everywhere, you just begin to pray and say, God, I want to receive the promise that you've made to me. I'm not trying to understand it. I'm not trying to discuss it. I'm not trying to think my way through this. But I need this power, Lord. I need that promise, Lord, in my life. And only for your glory. That's the only reason I want it, Lord. Talk to the Lord. I'm not, I'm not in a hurry and I'm not rushing. We think that it was about 10 days in the upper room. People just waited. And because it's a promise, we said if you ask, give it. I don't, I don't think you got to wait 10 days today. How will I know? You'll, oh, you'll, you'll know.
person online or in here and you're not a believer, we don't want to overlook you. Because you have to be saved before you can be filled. say Jesus I'm a sinner and I need to be saved today I need to be washed I don't want to be left I don't want to die and go to a devil's hell the Bible says that the Lord will save you and cleanse you right then Joe I want to do adoration if we can adoration Every person, whether you're at the altar or not. See, a lot, a lot of times God moves in our praise. And I believe the Lord wants to do something in the armory. I do, right now. One day we're going to be around the throne praising Him with no separation. So I want to love on Him. I want to honor Him. And I don't even know what God will do for you while you're honoring Him. I, I need everybody to help us. Uh, adoration and praises. We need to bring it one time before we go home, don't y'all? Let's, let's make a joyful noise.
I will sing to that part. I just feel that in my spirit. I will sing to the Lord. Outside under a shade tree today. But I I know for sure the Lord is ready to, to just pour it out. I do. I know that. And I don't care what you know, how you're raised, or what you think you know about this. You don't know what God wants to do today. You don't know how God wants to move today. A lot of people like me in here, what God wants to do, none of us may have never seen anything like this. So I don't want us to kind of have a picture of what it looks like. So Father, we, we know what it is that you gave and you still give and that's your power, Lord. You didn't have to give us something so mighty as your power, but you did. And we know you gave it through the Holy Spirit, Lord. And you gave it to people who were obedient and receptive. You gave it to patient people that did what you said to do, Lord. Didn't let times and seasons dictate how long. You gave your power through your spirit so that we could be witnesses, finish the work. So, Lord, I pray you let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable. In your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. 